happy Tiny Friday, y'all, and more importantly, happy WNBA season tip-off eve. Welcome to yet another episode of The Gist of It. Today is May 18th, and we're your co-hosts. I'm Ellen Hislop. And I'm Steph Rotz. And if you couldn't already tell, today's episode is all about the W, from superstars forming super teams to expansion rumors to new talent entering the league. It has been quite the offseason. We'll catch you up on what's been going down and chat through the teams and players to watch as the league heads into its 27th season. You know, yeah, by Usher. Yeah, yeah, that, like, yeah, 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 yeah. I have that replay. <laughs> Do you know Yeah by Usher? Yeah. <laughs> Asking a 30-year-old millennial? We lived and breathed that shit when we were in grade four. <laughs> Come and get me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anywho, that's the soundtrack of this episode to me because I'm just so excited. I've been waiting for this podcast. It's the most wonderful time of the year. I'm so, so excited for the WNBA to be back. And of course, for the season to get underway, we had a preseason game, but we're ready. Before we dig into the season preview, we do have to chat about the biggest news out of the W this week. So second half will be the preseason preview, first half of the pod. We will get to that news in the first half being that the league stripped the defending champ Las Vegas Aces of their 2025 first round draft pick and suspended head coach Becky Hammond for two games without pay. So this comes after an investigation into former ace Derrica Hamby's allegations that she was bullied for being pregnant. This is, of course, a huge deal, and there's still a lot of lingering questions about the whole situation. So we're going to begin the podcast by breaking down that situation and then hit you with the preview. It's really not great. Not a good look for the WNBA, not a good look for the Las Vegas Aces, and obviously our hearts go out to Hamby and her family as she is going through all of this right now. So definitely important for us to set the scene with that. We'd be remiss to not talk about the NHL and NBA playoffs a little bit here, right, Steph? The Eastern Conference and Western Conference finals are essentially now underway for both of those leagues. And I'm pretty excited. Like this is the best, arguably one of the best times of the year to be watching NHL or NBA. What I find the most interesting with the NHL is that it's all the Sunbelt teams. Like it's all of these Southern teams you wouldn't necessarily associate with ice hockey, but pretty cool, I guess, nonetheless, that there's going to be people into it and watching. Absolutely obsessed that you threw in the ice in front of hockey. (laughs) I'm becoming Americanized, hanging out with all the Americans on our GIST team. Do they say that? Like when you're talking about ice, like hockey, do they say ice hockey? Folks totally say ice hockey. I would say, you know, if they're from Massachusetts or New York, like Dee and Lauren, they would just say Mm -hmm. hockey or Minnesota would just say hockey. But essentially everywhere else says ice hockey. Oh my gosh. Oh my golly gee. And we have to talk about soccer too, right, Steph? Did you see that news? Yes. Can you tell me about the news? I, I, to be completely honest, just saw what the gist posted on Instagram. (laughs) I mean, it's a great place to get all of your sports information. If y'all don't follow us on Instagram, at the gist CA, at the gist USA on Instagram and on Twitter. Basically, Steph, the USL, which we've talked about a little bit beforehand in terms of thinking Mm -hmm. of them as a feeder league into the NWSL, instead of applying for Division II status, which would make them basically the tier below the NWSL, they're applying for Division I status to essentially make them a pro league beside the NWSL. They already have teams in place. They already have infrastructures. They're really focused on smaller markets than what the NWSL is in right now in terms of the locations that they play in. And what they're trying to do is they'll actually be playing in the off season of the NWSL. So the NWSL essentially going like 
March or April, depending on the year, until October to November, depending on the year, this new league would follow kind of more traditional European soccer timing. So it would actually be around the back half of the year leading into March. And so now there's just a lot of questions in terms of can there be two leagues kind of competing against each other in the same place? Will players actually end up playing potentially for both of them in the same way that we see that with WNBA and folks going overseas or going to play for Athletes Unlimited? What does this mean for the soccer landscape on the whole? So a lot of lingering questions coming from it, but I think the TLDR really is that women's soccer has grown so much and is growing at such a rapid pace that it does feel like there needs to be more and more teams and more and more opportunities for women to play pro. Is this the right league for it? I don't know. Crying in my Toronto Furies sweater. Yes. And for those of you who don't know the Toronto Furies, they are defunct CWHL ice hockey team because that league fell very hard to the ground in 2019. Perhaps we will have a podcast in our future about the NWSL and the USL. Yes, perhaps. perhaps. Yeah. Okay, great. Amazing. Would love to circle back. Exactly. We will circle back, especially because so many folks have tweeted at us. And so we are not ignoring your tweets. We just obviously had to talk about the WNBA today. Okay. Well, thank you, Ellen, for the beautiful gist of it for that. And I can't (laughs) wait to talk more about women's soccer and, of course, to talk about the WNBA in this particular podcast. But before we get into any of that, we do want to send out a massive thank you to today's sponsor, Sport Check. Did you know that a 2015 study of female Fortune 500 executives found that 80% of them played competitive sports before suiting up for the boardroom? That's no surprise to our gisters, of course, who know that sports help young girls develop so many skills like leadership and communication. Any equipment needed to succeed on the field can be found at SportCheck, the go-to shop for all things team sports. Visit your local SportCheck or head to sportcheck.ca to stock up and support those who support girls in sports. That's sportchek.ca. All right, so as we already mentioned, this week brought some major W news just days ahead of tomorrow's season start. On Tuesday, the WNBA announced that they were stripping the Las Vegas Aces of their 2025 first-round draft pick and suspending head coach Becky Hammond for two games without pay for violating the league and team respect in the workplace policies. This news follows an investigation into former ace Dierica Hamby's allegations that she was bullied for being pregnant. Really sad. We discussed those allegations on the pod and in our newsletters at the time that they were surfacing, and that episode is linked in the show notes if you want to go back and catch up. But in case you missed it, after being traded from the Aces to the LA Sparks in January, Hamby wrote on Instagram that she was lied to, bullied, manipulated due to her second pregnancy, which she had announced during Las Vegas's championship celebration in September 2022. She wrote that the team questioned her commitment despite her plans to play this season. The allegations really shook the W as they should, and the Aces remained silent on the matter up until yesterday's announcement from the league. Mm -hmm. So let's start with the response on all of this. From the Players Association, the WNBPA released a statement expressing disappointment in the league's decision, saying that it, quote, misses the mark and stops short of showing that respect in the workplace is the highest standard and a player's dignity cannot be manipulated. 
They also did make the point that while it's unprecedented in the league and presents a challenge for the aces in building the future, taking away a draft pick may also penalize a potential player, which is especially important when roster spots are already so limited. And we'll get to that in a minute, Steph. But basically what they're trying to say is because there's only 12 teams in the WNBA and the rounds are so short in terms of when you're actually drafting a player, what the WNBA was not clear on and what all of us are still unclear on. And so this is a little bit of speculation, but essentially what we think is happening here is that if the Las Vegas Aces lose their number one pick, there's no team filling in that gap. So instead of the first round being 12 teams or at that point, you know, hopefully 14 or 15 teams. But if, if at that point, let's say we just have the 12 teams still in the WNBA, only 11 teams would be picking, meaning there'd be one more woman who would be out of playing that year or out of being drafted that year. Mm. Wow. Interesting. Okay. Meanwhile, the Aces released their own statement defending Hammond's character and expressing their own disappointment in the outcome. Their statement reminded me of something that we've discussed previously on the pod, that players can have, of course, very different experiences with the same coach, and you can even have be the person who has different experiences as well, so player to player, but even yourself. We see Hammond, of course, as this trailblazer, and we know other players have had good experiences and relationships with her, and that, of course, does not invalidate Hammond's experience. Mm-hmm. This is where it's really tough, right? And I think at this point, we have to look at the WNBA and how their investigation actually came to fruition. Hammond, the head coach of the Las Vegas Aces, held a previously scheduled press conference yesterday, and the findings were, of course, the topic of conversation. She denied treating Hamby inappropriately, saying that she handled Hamby with care from day one. Hammond also said that no one on the Aces roster was interviewed as part of the investigation, which is deeply troubling. And so the lack of transparency about how that investigation was conducted is only contributing to the many, many, many questions like in this situation. I think that a lot of us are wanting to hear from Hamby herself on how she's feeling about not any other players being kind of investigated as part of this or being asked to be a part of this conversation. I think too, again, when Steph, you talk about you know, people having different experiences with different coaches. There is also a world in which what, you know, Becky Hammond thinks is handling with care is very different than what Hamby and others could be thinking is handling with care. And so that gray area resulted in potentially Hammond being suspended for those two games. Mm -hmm. And of course, no player wants to file a grievance, right? Like this is not a situation that like anyone wants to find themselves in. And on Tuesday, Hanby um, said that she wants to move forward and focus on basketball. There is a video about a seven minute video of her talking to the press on the matter. And in that video, she said like part of this is closed for now and kind of alluded to the fact that this isn't entirely over. So I am interested to see if we will get a little bit more answers, if we will feel a bit more comfortable with that investigation in future or not. Mm -hmm. Um, But of course, very troubling and we'll be cheering hand beyond every step of the way as she returns to the court. Yeah, definitely. And I think the last thing I'd say here, Steph, is that the WNBA and its new collective bargaining agreement that they signed with the players in 2020 really was for moms and parents and supporting them throughout the entire time. And so this really is in violation, I think, of what the WNBA wants to stand for, which is why they're you know, putting down these penalties. And so I think it will be really interesting to see if there's any specific concrete details that the players are 
you know, getting to with why they didn't think that the penalties or the suspensions were necessarily the right thing in this situation. Mm -hmm. And why the whole situation cuts pretty deep Mm -hmm. because of all that. Yeah, definitely. Let's hear it one more time for our podcast partner, Sport Check. Steph, I'm so excited to see WNBA rookie Aaliyah Boston's Indiana Fever debut tomorrow. She is always so calm, cool, and collected on the court. I wish I had an ounce of that. Those are the skills that she fostered. Maybe not me. I wasn't calm, cool, and collected. But those are the skills she fostered by growing up playing sports. And that's why Sport Check is always encouraging kids to get in the game. If they can build that toughness and poise like Aaliyah has, that's a lifelong win. Whether they make it to the W or if their court is where lawyers hang out, who knows? Sport checks the spot to find all the gear young athletes need to so that they can keep their heads and hearts focused on the game. Visit your local sport check or head to sportcheck.ca to equip the kids and the big kids too in your life. That's sportchek.ca. All righty. Without further ado. <laughs> All righty, right, right. All righty, right. <laughs> Let's jump right in. <laughs> Jumping. <laughs> Starting with the season setup, the WNBA's 12 teams are equally divided into the Eastern and Western conferences beginning tomorrow and running through to September 10th. Each team will play 40 regular season games, which is up from 36 games last year. Love to see the progress. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. It's all leading to September 13th when the eight best teams, regardless of conference, advance to the three-round postseason to determine the league champ. Absolutely love that it's just like the best eight teams, personally. Mm -hmm. I think that a lot of leagues could be learning from the WNBA in terms of how simple they keep it. And NHL, I'm looking and staring directly at you. One quick thing to note that is a little bit different from the NBA playoffs that we're used to right now, the WNBA series when it comes to the playoffs is best of three games, then best of five games, and then again, best of five games. So those are the eight squads that battle for the top spots, but all of the teams are also going to be fighting for the third annual Commissioner's Cup, which is an in-season tournament in which the first home and away games that each team plays against its conference opponents count toward the Commissioner's Cup standing. So there's not necessarily additional games, but their first game at home and their first game away against those conference opponents go towards their points in the Commissioner's Cup. On August 15th, the best East and West team go head-to-head for the Cup, and it's, drumroll please, Steph, uh, 500K purse. So that's a lot of money, especially for these WNBA players. The Cup honestly just makes the regular season matches a little bit more fun to watch, but also it's a bonus. It's like a little bonus game for yeah. us fans. Especially at the beginning, where at the yes. beginning sometimes you're not necessarily as in-tuned, but it makes me excited. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I absolutely love the girls scoring some extra cash Mm -hmm. and some of those bragging rights like Mm -hmm. you alluded to. Before we dive into the teams, I want to come back to this topic that we kind of alluded to in the first half. Because there are only 12 teams and 144 roster spots in the league, there are a lot of really talented players who have been cut recently or waived, like the New York Liberties, Dee Dee Richards, 
who I absolutely love. She's so she's the best. She's, she's the best. And Indiana Fever's Destiny Henderson, who I also love, a former South Carolina student, as well as a significant chunk of the 2023 draft class, which is really sad to see. This includes LSU's NCAA champs Alexis Morris and Ladeja Williams, and also Iowa's Monica Zizano, if you remember her too. So all been waived. Yeah. And I mean, a lot of those are expected too, right, Steph? There are a few players where, okay, coming out of college, you're not exactly sure if they're ready for league play or that league caliber. And that happens across every single sport. But there's definitely some players that you mentioned that 100% should be on a WNBA team. And I think when we think about roster cuts and expansion of the WNBA. One thing that the WNBA is also losing out on is the momentum and the Mm -hmm. marketing that all of these players have coming out of their NCAA careers and in particular the March Madness careers like Monica Cezano is at a high right now. Alexis Morris is at a high right now. They would be doing so well to be on the court for their teams to help drive ticket sales, to help drive sponsors buying into the league. So that's the other kind of business angle here too, is that when you're cutting out some of these top personalities and top players into the game, you're also losing out on a lot of money from a league perspective and a lot of brand love from the league perspective too. We spoke extensively about the shifting expansion timeline last week and in so many podcasts recently. We'll speak to that in the show notes for a little bit of a deeper dive. So just one thing that's that's on top of mind right now. The season also brings a lot more off-court changes. For the first time ever, players will fly charter for playoff games along with a small handful of back-to-back regular season games, and they are also going to be flying charter for the Commissioner's Cup final. It's a start. Definitely excited to see it, especially I feel like chartered flights with having a team in Toronto one day might make it a little bit more palatable. <laughs> um with that whole border situation. Anywho, um, so it is a good start and I am excited to see that. The other big change has to do with prioritization. This year, for the first time, players with at least two seasons under their belt must have reported to their teams by training camp or be fined. And if they don't report by tomorrow's season start, they will actually be suspended the entire season. And next year, forget fines, if these third-year or later vets don't show up when training camp begins, they'll be out for the season. So this is a pretty big deal, especially considering players play overseas for bigger paychecks, for bigger salaries, and may have to return before those seasons end in order not to lose their W roster spot. So it is going to be something to keep an eye on for how this affects this league and leagues overseas. Mm -hmm. This was something that I was asked a lot about, Seth, doing some media over the weekend in Toronto was this prioritization rule. I think this rule was kind of contentious when it came into the CBA in 2020, which is why it came in a little bit later. There's totally been instances where Kia Nurse, for example, was continuing to play in Australia and her team did so well and they made it to the championships that she was missing the beginning of the season when she was playing with the Liberty, which is the exact opposite of what the Liberty want when your star player is out at the beginning of the season, right? I think what's good, at least about this, is that the players do have to say to the WNBA, okay, if you want us back, you got to pay us more. We're going to demand more from the league. Like there is this expectation of the league. If you're going to make us play, it better be worth it. 
Mm-hmm. There's also, of course, you can make rules and nothing always shakes out super easy like that. So there's some interesting cases like, for example, Seattle's Gabby Williams was injured overseas and is mm-hmm. unable to travel back in time. So they're trying to see if they can, you know, negotiate that suspension since it's not necessarily like a choice. It was a health reason. So there, there's a lot that can kind of shake out of these uh, rules. When you said travel back in time, I thought you meant like travel back in time. <laughs> you meant travel back in time for the season. For the season. I was picturing you traveling back in time for her to, to get rid of her injury. injury. <laughs> no, 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 no. To get to like physically Funny travel. things that your brain does. Funny, funny things. Let's talk about what's happening on court, right? There's so mm-hmm. much stuff off court, but we got to talk about what's on court. There has been so many changes in the offseason, which have basically created two stacked teams, or as we like to call them, super teams, the Las Vegas Aces and the New York Liberty. The reigning champ Aces not only added a brand new facility this season, which we loved. They also acquired two-time MVP Candace Parker and two-time title winner Alicia Clark to join 2022 MVP Asia Wilson, 2022 WNBA Finals MVP Chelsea Gray, and All-Stars Kelsey Plum and Jackie Young. It is not fair. I am bubbling with it's excitement. Not fair. It's it's just so exciting to hear that roster and no one will be surprised if Vegas grabs a second straight championship this year yeah. just like hearing those names, but the Big Apple holds arguably their biggest competition and the New York Liberty are my personal favorite team. Mm -hmm. The Liberty already boasts 2020 number one overall draft pick Sabrina Inescu and they added 2018 MVP Brianna Stewart, four-time All-Star Courtney Vandersloot and Ellen's fave player 2021 MVP John Cole Jones in the offseason. So another super team is in the mix. Oh my gosh, I think my favorite team has changed now. I fall wherever oh, really? John Quell goes, I go. <laughs> like wherever she is, that is who I'm cheering for. I think what's also super interesting here that I do want to note is that Sabrina Inescu did sign a extension with the Liberty through 2025. And rumor has it, because you know we love to speculate. We know I love to start up this rumor mill. Rumor has it she did take less money than what was expected. And so we're not sure if that was because the team is so stacked now and she really wanted to try to go for a championship. But anyway, just wanted to throw that out there. So the aces and the libs are obviously the clear front runners, but there's a lot of others who are not going to just let them take this easily. Last year's runners up Connecticut Sun, the Atlanta Dream and the Dallas Wings are all, you know, in the front running. I would say though that the Washington Mystics are perhaps the most poised to play super team spoiler with four returning stars, including a Finally healthy 2019 MVP Elena Deladon, as well as Tasha Cloud. I will say, Steph, in 2019, JC Roslin, the two other co-founders of The Gist, and myself moved down to Philly for an accelerator program. And that was the first time with us being Canadians that we fully got to immerse ourselves in watching the WNBA and in watching the playoffs. And Tasha Cloud and the Washington Mystics became one of my favorite teams to watch. And Deladon being healthy was one of the most remarkable things that I've ever watched. And I cannot believe that it's been since 2019 that we've got to have the privilege of watching her in her full form. So all I have to say is get ready because it's something really special. Right. Elena Deladon. Yeah. For my fantasy draft yes. top pick. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> she is like potential sleeper pick because she's been injured for so long or not injured, deal- injured and dealing with health stuff. Like she's been dealing with so much. 
Mm-hmm. Another true contender we certainly can't overlook is the Phoenix Mercury, who have, of course, icon, <laughs> can't old people dream too, Diana Taurasi, <laughs> <laughs> returning for her 19th season. Oh my gosh, 19th season. Like, what were we doing 19 years ago? <laughs> Not that. Not that. <laughs> and of course, Brittany Griner back on the court, which is arguably the biggest win for the entire season is having Griner back. As for the rest of the league, several teams are in a bit of a rebuild mode, like the Minnesota Lynx, who lost the truly irreplaceable retired Sylvia Fowles, and Seattle Storm, who are now without Stewie because Stewie's playing for the Liberty, but they're also without Sue Bird because Sue Bird retired. So big shakeups. Lots of shakeups. I also feel so bad. For the Chicago Sky, they look really good in their preseason game, but still, four of their five title-winning starters from 2022 have left the team, which is really, really bad. The LA Sarks are in a little bit of a different situation, though, Steph. They had free agents basically running toward them this offseason, adding WNBA champs Azura Stevens, the aforementioned Hamby, as well as new coach Kurt Miller, who led the Connecticut Sun to last year's finals. The Sparks may be the underdog with the best shot at surprising this year, but we do, of course, we can't finish this podcast without mentioning the Indiana Fever who just drafted Aaliyah Boston. Yes. And I think that is the one game that I am the most excited for is seeing her play in the W. Of course, Aaliyah Boston was the number one pick this year. The Fever have had a, a rough few seasons, to put it softly, but, uh, you know, they've got a revamped roster and they've got some hungry young players. So, nowhere to go but up and I'm excited to see Boston play they literally went 11 and 57 the last two years (laughs) like that is so bad I am also really curious to see how many minutes she gets too right like me too is it gonna be a few minutes here and there each quarter is she gonna come out and dominate and get all the minutes that she wants I think that it really I really have no idea. That's going to be the very interesting part. So as you head into your fantasy draft stuff. That's what I was thinking. I was like, else, ooh, how, I know. how early do I try and grab her? And I you never know. you never know with the WNBA. Like this is such a tough league to break into and to do so well in because it is so small too, right? Like it's, it yes. really is so difficult that you never know. As we mentioned, all of the action begins tomorrow with four games. Oh my gosh. All of the action starting off at 7 p.m. Eastern. You can watch it across ESPN in the U.S. and in Canada. It's going to be on various channels throughout the year, which doesn't make it easy as a viewer. So (laughs) the best thing that I would say is obviously subscribe (laughs) to the Just Newsletter. We always put in our newsletter where to watch different things and on what channels, but also the WNBA website this year basically has dedicated themselves to better show how to watch all of the different games. So whether you're an avid fan or a casual fan, visit that website and they'll direct you to the right place. Yeah, they'll say if there's a local station that's playing it. Mm -hmm. So if you have the league pass, you won't be able to watch it on the league pass because there'll be a block or whatever that word is called. It has its own word. Yeah. So yeah. And in Canada too, if it'll be on NBA TV Canada. So keep an eye out for that. Yes. One last thing before we go. I do just want to let everyone know that I'm going to the Taylor Swift concert on Saturday. Do you have your outfit? Is it finalized? (laughs) Yeah, the outfit is finalized, although it's supposed to rain. And we're at Foxborough. And for any New England Patriots fans or folks who have watched a lot of football, y'all know that Foxborough is an open stadium. So we don't have any covering if it does have rain. And so I'm a little bit nervous about that. But I'm going to try to plan or think of an outfit just in case it's a little bit cooler than what I would like or would anticipate. You be careful. No slipping. Oh, my gosh. That's such a good point. I didn't even think about that. 
Anyway, I just wanted to leave that out there too. So we'll report back accordingly on Monday or on Tuesday. Have you done your nails? Oh, she's got them. Got them. Nails are done. Perfect. Anyway, with that, that marks the end of today's episode. Thank you all so much for tuning in. We'll be back in your feed next Tuesday. In the meantime, if you enjoyed today's podcast, we'd love for you to rate, review, and subscribe. This episode was edited by Rosh Abdullah, executive produced by Lauren Tesla and D-Lab, and co-produced by Ellen and myself. Once again, I'm Steph Rotz. And I'm Ellen Hislop, and this has been The Gist of It. Enjoy the WNBA season. Look out for our preview in your inbox on Friday, um, and we'll chat with you soon. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.